You're listening to the Soccer Survival Guide. I'm your host, Adam Gonzalez. I'm here today with my co-host, Coach Eric De La Rocha, and uh, here with a very special guest today, Bernat Franquesa. He is the uh, co-founder and head of methodology at APFC, this very, very amazing program that uh, we're so honored to have in, in the U.S. Guys, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. It's doing a great. pleasure Excited. being here. Hey, same here. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, let's jump right into it. So, uh, so Bernat, let's find out a little bit about you. Right. So, uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Barcelona, um, Spain. Some people will tell you Catalonia because now there is this conflict mm-hmm. going on, uh, and I feel Catalan, so I tell Catalonia. <laughs> no, we like it. We like it. Um, so, yeah, I'm from Barcelona. Um, I've been coaching since I was 14 years old over there because I used to play soccer, but, you know, I had like a, a heart problem mm-hmm. and that's why I stopped playing soccer. And at 14, I had the opportunity to to coach my first team, uh, eight years old. It's amazing. Yeah. 14 <laughs> coaching an eight-year-old is crazy. So I'm 27 now and people uh, keep asking me, oh, why, uh, you know... I would I would not like to say why you know that much, mm-hmm. but why you know all these concepts, you know. Say I mean it's thirteen years mm-hmm. <laughs> coaching, and also I did a business over there in Barcelona for the university, uh, and I end up uh, coming to the states because part of my program of the university was coming here, and 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 then I saw what was happening here in the states about soccer, and I loved soccer. And I, I saw that my dream about living through my passion was possible. And that's why we created APFC. A uh, it was an idea I had in Barcelona as well, um, because I, as I told you, uh, I was coaching uh, different teams. I was mm-hmm. uh, the director of uh, two uh, academies over there. Uh, also, my brother uh, was playing for Barcelona at the time, the youth academy. Mm-hmm. He played uh, 14 years. My dad was the vice president of Barcelona, so I had no choice. But it—it <laughs> 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 uh, was—it uh, was a dream, you know. Always right. uh, since I came to the states, and I thought about maybe you—you—you you, you can. Uh, Leave no. So, so it sounds dream? like it yeah. sounds like you're you were a real student of the game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So for, for four, sure. fourteen coaching, I mean, you have to be a student of the game, yeah, yeah. right? What people talk about, uh, like Marito Sari, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he he didn't play pro, right? But he, I mean, he's he's a scholar, right? He's a student of the game, and and that puts him on par, almost almost above anybody else because you know those biases you have playing and and and, and growing up, like they're 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 kind of gone, right? Because you're yeah. a student and you have to. Just really just learn and break things down. Interesting, Bernat. I know, for sure. And it's not only about the, the quantity of, of, of years no? coaching. Not. It's also about the, the, the quality. I, I was uh, um, really privileged mm-hmm. to, to meet now who is my business partner, Albert Puig, and was used to be the former director of La Masilla, the Youth Academy Barcelona. I also work uh, coach for Sabadell, which is uh, now uh, La Liga 2, uh, second division of Spain uh, soccer team, Sabadell. And I learned a lot. Uh, there, is a fan- there is a lot of fantastic coaches and people over there in Spain. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm being able to, to help um, USA and USA kids, coaches. And that's why I'm here. 
Well, I think we, Eric, we appreciate his help. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because because uh, what Bernard's doing over here and what APFC is doing, it's I mean, it's it's absolutely huge. We we definitely appreciate it. How did you and uh, Albert get in contact, and and how did this whole thing start? Yeah. First of all, um, as I mentioned. Uh, my dad used to be the vice president of, of Barcelona and my brother used to play for the youth academy. Uh, I have to say here that my brother started before my dad, you know, because some people <laughs> think that it was the opposite. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and no, my brother was first. Uh, he's really good now. Uh, he plays for Girona. So my, my business partner, Albert, he used to be uh, my brother's coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I met him. And and then and then uh, he, Albert ended up being the director of uh, Youth Academy of Barcelona, La Masia, that everyone knows. Uh, of course, my dad worked uh, with him all mm-hmm. uh, the last years when he was in Barcelona. And the first thing I did when I moved to to San Diego, uh, even though I came here for studying only, uh, the first thing I did I was call Albert. I, I say, Albert, I, I don't know uh, what I'm gonna do next. Uh, I just saw that uh, here there is a huge opportunity about soccer. And I put opportunity, meaning uh, for helping players and coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I told him, Albert, uh, we have to do something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but we have to do something. And the first thing we did was uh, we ran some seminars. We did some clinics. And then we came with the idea to create a PFC which is Albert Puch football concepts. And now that's the reason why I'm here. Right. Yeah, so again just keep keep going on with you, right? So we had a we had a couple questions from some of the the people that follow us on Instagram. Uh, just very simple stuff, very light to to kind of get to know you a little bit more, right? Uh, less personal. So uh Bernard, who is your favorite club team? Oh, uh, Barcelona. <laughs> but but not only because I'm from Barcelona uh, and I've been I've been a, a we call Saucy Saucy mm-hmm. uh, it's when you are a member of, of Barcelona uh, since I was uh, I think I was first a member of Barcelona than a citizen from Spain when I was <laughs> born so <laughs> uh, right uh, after I born my dad made me a member of Barcelona but also because I I, I see my uh, my concept, no, and the way I understand s- soccer through what I saw, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Pep Guardiola and that team, and I identify my idea of soccer with what I saw, and I and I and I love uh, s- saying to everyone that I love Barcelona, even though nowadays it's not that great. Uh, You're right, but but yeah, I'm from. I, I love. Uh, I support Barcelona. Yeah, we we did an episode right on, on Barca's. Mm-hmm past and and what we want to see in the future uh make sure you guys check that episode out but yeah we we agree with you where it's it's not the same but i mean i think i think eric and i are both you know not to speak for eric but i think we're both enamored with with the whole uh guardiola era chavi iniesta just raised the bar for everybody amazing right hey quick question but what what is for the fans and the the, our listeners what does socio mean uh, soci. Soci, it's uh, in Spanish, it's socio. Uh, in Catalan, it's soci. It's when you are, uh, you know, Barça is doesn't belong to any private uh, company mm-hmm. like Manchester City mm-hmm. does or PSG. Uh, Barça belongs to the members. Members meaning people that 
space uh, monthly mm-hmm. to be part of of this club right uh, and and i'm it's like a kind of membership you know so i'm a Barca's belong by their members, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a democratic club that we vote for our president. Nobody owns the club. Uh, uh, what I, why I am explaining this because there are not that many clubs in the world that keep this structure. No, like most of the clubs now are private. Yeah. Like you know, City, United, Tottenham, PSG, uh, PSG. Ninety percent of the Premier League clubs are private. In Spain, there are a couple that are not like this. Like you know, Atletico Bilbao. Mm-hmm. Atletico de Bilbao. Atletico de Bilbao. It's 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 the same. Valencia. Is also Valencia is private. It's private. owned by Peter Lim. Peter yeah. Lim. It's mm-hmm. a business guy, uh, a really rich guy yeah. that owns the club. And now the problem we have in Barcelona is that everyone knows that uh, the last board we had there. Uh, they didn't do the things right, mm-hmm. and Barca is not doing great. Uh, talking about uh, numbers, about money, and the next uh, debate uh, that we have in the club is that should we become a private uh, uh, club? It's gonna be an interesting topic, yeah, huh? because yeah. uh, maybe it's time to let uh, invest in, uh, investors yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to come to to the club because uh, we have a lot of debt right now yeah yeah interesting yeah that's uh, definitely a topic for another day i'd be yeah. really interested to hear what the take is on that yeah uh bernard who is your favorite coach pep guardiola uh, and the reason i say this is not because he won or because uh, his teams play great i think uh, there are coaches and managers and pep is both Pep is able to manage great teams and great uh, mm-hmm. players. He's a leader, but also he's able to teach. Um, Pep and I was so lucky to 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 meet him and lucky to to see his trainings and and he's obsessed with the with the individual concepts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I could mention uh, a list of ten players that uh, he became uh, incredible players. Mm-hmm. Um, He's obsessed with individuals. He's a coach that is not only obsessed with the system, with the tactics, with the game model. He's obsessed about the individual concepts uh, to teach to the player which is the right body profile, where they they have to look, where this pass should go, where Mm. this first touch should go. And for me, the best coaches are the ones that are able to uh, help the players to become better. And he has proved that with... Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, that nobody wanted him, and now he's one of the one of the best players in the world. One of, one of the examples I like to to always mention, even though people doesn't know him, it's Keita. Keita used to be a player for Barcelona. Uh, I think originally from Mali, Africa. Uh, the first time he came to Barcelona and he played a round of original game, the, his first games. I remember uh, his first touch. Uh, <laughs> Used to go to Tijuana, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and after six months, he uh, adapted himself and he mm-hmm. was able to play the positional style, uh, play the the Barcelona way, and that's because Pep is obsessed to become and help players uh, to become better, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, Mourinho, you know. Uh, 
I think he's an incredible leader. He you know how to manage teams. He's a good manager. Yeah? Good yeah. manager. Good manager. Uh, especially emotionally. But I don't know if he's that good in the individual foundations, you know. In well, the individual well, that's, the, that's the always the argument right now. Like, was he done right? So yeah. how good is Zidane really? Is he just a player's manager, or is he is he more than that? Right. That's always the question. I think he, I think he just is a is a good manager. You know, yeah. uh, he has the experience. Um, he knows how to treat people. But Guardiola is both, you know, he knows mm -hmm. how to treat people and he is able to help players to become better. Like people think that when you are 25 years old, you cannot improve anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Guardiola has proof that he was able to, uh, players that people thought that were in his prime, to then uh, improve uh, mm -hmm. a lot players that were 25 26 27 and they that they reached their yeah. prime at uh, 30 years well, old. what i lo what i loved about pep which we talked about in the Barça episode uh is that he invested in in the youth right bringing up these players from la masia and really trusting uh what was going on with the development of of barca was huge right i mean for us that was i think that was yeah. really really key versus you you saw real madrid right have the galactico program where they're just going to just buy players instead of develop players I think it was just really interesting to see Pep's approach to that, right? Where even when he went to Bayern, right? He went to Bayern, and at Bayern at the time, I think they had won a treble yeah. uh, and still showed up and, and was still changing things, right, to make the club better. I mean, for me, as you know, as a hallmark for what a top, top manager should be, I, th I think he emulates everything. Absolutely. Yeah, I would like to, to explain one yeah. story. Uh, you know, uh, Chiki Bregistein, He's uh, nowadays he's the sportive director for Man City. Mm -hmm. he used to be from he used to be the sportive di director for Barcelona. And the first year of, of Pep Guardiola, uh, I was with him in a uh, airplane, and we were talking about you know this player called Jeffren, mm -hmm. Jeffren and, and Pedro. You know Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we he, yeah. He, he Pedro made history in Barcelona. We, but, we, but Jeffren was was better technically. And, and and I told to Chiki, what's gonna happen with these two players? We were uh, mm. heading to Scotland for the preseason. And mm. uh, no, uh, Pedro is gonna play for the third division for Tenerife. You know, and I say okay, okay. And after two weeks, I saw on the news, Pedro first team, and Busquets. Uh, yes. Yeah. Say Chiki, <laughs> uh, what happened? <laughs> Uh, and he told me coaches the coaches uh, and that's what I love the most from Pep that he had the courage to 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 bring Pedro to bring Busquets and a lot of players uh, yeah. that maybe without him they will end up playing mm -hmm. at third division yeah. and that the next year they end up being uh, the World Cup mm -hmm. champions yeah. because Spain won the yeah. World Cup champions and that also explained to us and explained to all the players in the world that the gap between first division and third division is it's really small yeah you know yeah so hey and just again with pep not only did he have the courage to get pedro and busquets or, but he saw something in them right he must have seen something in them that other people weren't seeing but also Trusting in his own ability to that he saw that he can get get them somewhere. It's it's easy really to explain. Good, you know? uh, with Pedro example, it's easy. Uh, Guardiola had Messi, mm -hmm. 
and Messi uh, is the best player in the history, and everyone knows that. Is he your sure. favorite? Because that was the next question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, next question done. <laughs> and 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 Pep found Pedro, found found in Pedro a player that could help Messi to play better. Uh, Pedro is a really, uh, a really. Uh, I don't know how to explain this in English. It's on my first language, as you can see. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, Pedro is a, a really academically mm-hmm. academic player, which means that you tell do this and he does that. Yeah. So there are not that many wingers that you really can tell them just open. Mm-hmm. You know, all the wingers they want to be protagonists of the game yeah. because mm-hmm. they play in the last. Last zone of the field, they are in the third zone. They are the in charge of scoring goals. But Pedro uh, played an amazing role for Messi, uh, and, and Pep saw that he needed a winger that didn't that he didn't want uh, the balls on their fo- on their feet. Mm-hmm. That he want the balls uh, that he, maybe that he only opened the space to have uh, Messi more space. Yeah. You know, and and Pedro helped a lot o- on that. And then with Busquets, it's funny because Busquets uh, joined Barça at uh, under uh, 16. He used to play for Lleida and Badia, which are not uh, the best clubs in Spain. Um, his dad used to be a former goalie from uh, Barcelona, uh, incredible goalie. And Busquets was a striker all his life. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he joined uh, Barça B, which is the second team with, Bar- with Pep Guardiola and Tito Villanova. And and he ended up the six that season that Pep had Busquets, uh, Busquets didn't play that much. Yeah. Another player played starter. He uh, I think he only played I think 15, 20 yeah. games, yeah. Uh, and the other player played the whole games. But again, there is a big uh, topic in Spain that we always says we always say that there are players that play better in first division than in third division, mm. and Busquets won. W- was one of uh, them. Yeah. Uh, Guardiola saw on him a really academically player that understand the concepts that for the position he uh, played as a six. He needs someone that understand, for example, uh, the types of support, right? Mm-hmm. What is an emergency support? What is a co- uh, continuity support? What is a progression support? Those are those are concepts that help Barca to play and keep the positional style and Busquets knew that. And today, yeah, at that time, that was playing the first team of Barca, was a fantastic player. Maybe technically and physically better than Busquets, mm-hmm. but uh, didn't fit with the style, you know. Mm. And Busquets had the chance, and Guardiola saw that, you know. It's amazing. Bernard Bern has a lot of insight. We should have brought him for the for the Barca yeah, episode. Yeah, where were you at, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, again, amazing insight from. From uh, from Bernard that obviously has a ton of experience um, and, and knowledge when it comes to the subject, uh, but going to the main topic right of, of today, uh, and it is the differences between you know U.S. soccer and soccer around the rest of the world, and more specifically Spain, obviously because that's where uh, Bernard's from, and uh, the style in which APFC teaches, right? So starting to transition into you know the the main topic, um, so. Obviously, the U.S. has a way that they do things, and the way that they do things is we don't know, right? Because <laughs> they're literally all over the place. Yeah. Right? So there's there's no structure, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, Eric and I did an episode on pay-to-play. 
there's going to be more episodes on the problems that we have in U.S. soccer. Uh, but we have tons and tons of issues with the U.S. Uh, obviously, Bernard, as you know, the U.S. failed to qualify for the last World Cup. Against Against teams that we should have had no issues, right, winning against. Uh, you know, we didn't qualify uh, the men's team, by the way. The women's team, we don't. <laughs> we, we, could, we could talk less about that, right? But on the men's side, definitely there's there's a lot of issues. Um, tons and tons of, obviously, issues. But uh, what is APFC doing that's different from the U.S.? And I almost don't even want to call it a, mod- a model because we really don't really have a model in the U.S. But what is APFC doing different than what the U.S. is doing? Yeah. Uh, first of all, APFC is just a methodology mm-hmm. uh, methodology coming from the method um, we're trying to teach universal concepts and I think this word is the key universal um, because people think that APFC is the Spanish way or the Barca way mm-hmm. um, like no like lately in Bayern de Munich won the Champions League mm-hmm. and they say oh APFC doesn't work anymore no I mean APFC we teach universal concepts. Universal concepts, most of them are individuals, meaning that are concepts that players uh, have to understand to play the game. Mm-hmm. Play the game in USA, in China, in Burkina Faso, in Spain, in Sweden, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's like across the board. Like It's applicable everywhere. Exactly. Uh, like uh, I don't know which style uh, doesn't require have a head-up have a good body profile, have a, the concept of breaking the lines, being between the lines, use the back foot, uh, be in the same line with the opponent to beat the players. I mean, all of these are concepts that, that you have to know, understand, to play better the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we're doing in APFC. Uh, yeah, of course, we're from Barcelona. Albert Puch, my business partner, used to be the technical director from, from La Masia. Uh, everyone will uh, see... As as a the Barcelona way, you know, but mm-hmm. APFC is just a methodology that uh, came from Albert. Uh, Albert, he has an incredible experience uh, around the world, not only in Spain. He lived in Africa, in USA. Now he's in Japan, and he saw that all the players in the world uh, have one thing in common: mm-hmm. that's that are these concepts, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we're trying to to teach. You know, um, being said that. Uh, it's important to to understand what's going on with with United States, especially with the U.S. soccer. U.S. soccer, um, they don't have a model, right? We don't. No, mm-hmm. it's they just trying to to copy uh, what the winners yeah. are been doing. Flavor of the month. Yeah, we talked. Last yeah. World Cup, mm-hmm. Germany won. Let's bring a German guy. Now uh, French won. Let's bring a French guy. Now yeah. Belgium made the semifinals and it's a small country. Let's try to see what Belgium is doing. Right, or Brazil won. Brazil now we're going to be playing futsal. We're going to street mm-hmm. soccer. Exactly. <laughs> the, the futsal thing is, is an incredible uh, topic. Uh, one question I'm going to ask you to, do, uh, to you, Eric and Adam. To play basketball and learn basketball and become better in basketball, are you going to play hockey? No. Okay. <laughs> So that's what's happening. Yeah, we're, 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 that's definitely one of the topics that, if, again, for me being, uh, you know, being a private trainer, right, yeah. and and obviously a, a coach too, that drives me absolutely nuts, right. That we have, uh, and it goes back to culture, right. And, and we look at things in America a little bit differently than in the rest of the world, um, right. Where we have players, for instance, right, where 
you know, uh, I'll use my 2010 boys as an example because it's a, it's a good group of boys and they'll train with me and we're, I'm teaching a lot of concepts, right? A lot of APFC concepts, right? Universal concepts. We, we talk about third mount. We talk about break lines. Uh, I'm introducing positional play to the boys and concepts that are actually going to help them in soccer, right? And then my boys sometimes want to take time off to go do like running classes with football trainers, you know, and, and it's, or they want to do like track classes and, and it's, 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 it's an American ideology. What do you, what do you think about that? Oh uh, yes, please, please. <laughs> so I think here there is a cultural uh, aspect really important. Um, basically all the sports here, football, baseball and basketball uh, require uh, a lot of hours and hours and hours of repetition of the same action meaning like basketball, uh, it's all the time the same move. In baseball, it's all the time the same move. And in order to play better uh, those sports, you have to spend a lot of hours or the topic of the 10,000 hours doing the same thing. Or also uh, the physicality of being able to be quicker than the opponent like in, in football, you know? So... Uh, culturally, uh, this country, there are two important aspects. One is the repetition of the actions. Uh, by repeating actions, uh, you're better and you improve, and the physicality. But in soccer, it's the opposite, because every action is different than the other one. Okay, uh, That's why the private coaching here is an interesting topic, because a lot of coaches teach to the players repeat the same action 1,000 times, but all the actions in soccer are different to the other mm -hmm. one. And also the, the physicality aspect of the game. Uh, I don't think soccer it's that important being faster than the opponent like it is in, 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 in football. So maybe in soccer it's, it's uh, more important being uh, faster in the way of thinking than running, you know? And, and I think that uh, here, uh, what we have to understand in, the, in this country, in that soccer, uh, the game, it's more important, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, understanding the game itself, it's more important than being able to be quicker, faster, stronger. But that's why American people is struggling because if you compare with the other sport that you have in this country, soccer is the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because all the actions are different than the other ones. So the repetition of the actions it's are not important anymore. And the physicality uh, is not that much important because uh, the ball is faster than the opponents. So, so you made two key points there, yeah. Bernard, that I liked, right? So so one, right, that we can't compare it to, to football. So football being... Right. Once the, the ball leaves the quarterback's hands, then and then I mean, that that's really it. Right. There's not much passing going on between that. So it, it's it's an individual sport when it comes to and after the pass. And set pieces. Right. The set pieces are uh, key in the football. Right. And, and I agree with you completely. Yeah. Right. So and, and that's one of the issues that, that they have. And obviously in, in, in soccer, right, that the ball travel, travels way faster than a player is able to. Right. And then. After you, you pass, well, you can pass again. You can dribble. So there's so many more actions that are that are available to you, right, Out, outside of just, hey, you catch the ball, and now you have to do a little faint, a little juke, and you better be faster than that cornerback because yeah. you can't throw the ball afterwards, right? 
Exactly. In football, uh, everything mostly it's like prepare, like the set pieces, you know, that the game is stopped so many times that you can prepare the next action and maybe the coach explains to the player, okay, we're going to do this and this. Like and running plays. And players don't have to process any information. They don't have mm-hmm. to read the game. They just, they, they're being told about what they're going right. to do the next. And, and, and in soccer, players, they have to analyze every single mm-hmm. action. That's why the cognitive aspect of the game in soccer, it's, it's super important. You know? and, and just to play a little uh, devil's advocate, because I'm also thinking uh, in American football, the defense, right? The defense is, they have to, in their way, have to read some aspect to try to anticipate where the play is going to go and mm-hmm. all that. But what really caught my attention is when you mentioned that in these sports, it's the repetitiveness of certain movements in within themselves that is, it's, uh, how can I say it's going to help them execute whatever they're trying to accomplish, right? And and with that said, I'm thinking, let's just say, offensive linemen, they have to train popping back up, popping up, their, their blocks, defensive lining, their get-off, cornerbacks, their back pedals, turning. So there's I can already see how all these rep, they do a lot of these uh, athletic mm-hmm. drills. So they can be at very, very sharp in their... In their um, physiological aspect right like, like like their mobility and all that but in soccer like we mentioned it's everything's always different so before it like the movement is not the means to itself it's actually a matter of a decision the body will follow so in other words in soccer the muscles are the slaves of the brain because depending on your decision then your body's going to react. Well, you said a key point there, right? You said decision. And I think that's APSC focuses on the decision-making aspect, right? And you guys are huge on that, which to be honest with you, and one of the other points, Bernard, that you brought up, right, was the private training where I think uh, in me being primarily a private trainer, uh, I think that a lot of private trainers, especially in the U.S., give a lot of guys like me a bad reputation, right? Because you have private trainers doing these, you know, what's popular now is the ball mastery, right? They repeat a thousand different touches. They move the ball in, in a little square. They do a thousand touches, rolls, uh, pull back, and there's no context, right? There's no, there, there's, there's, there's nothing aside from just the repetition of this motion. You don't know what the defender is doing because you're doing it against cones. Um, and again, for, for me as a private trainer, I see that and I have issues with what, what I call the new private trainer. Right. And Eric, you, you brought up that point of decision making. And I love that APFC does this right where you guys are so huge on decision making. How how much does decision making come into what APFC does? So in order to define decision making, I think we have to define what is technique, um, because what uh, we are not agreeing APFC, it's in isolating, isolating mm-hmm. uh all the technical, tactical, call it whatever you want, actions of the game. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of private coaches, or a lot of, uh, not only private coaches, also a lot of uh, coaches that coach teams, mm-hmm. uh, in order to explain one concept uh, of the game, they try to isolate this concept from the game. Um, I'm going to put an example, you know, uh, the first touch pass. Mm-hmm. Okay, So a lot of coaches to work on the first touch pass, they just uh, explain to the to, to the players the, di- the the coordination, how they should touch the ball, um, uh, or 
one day it's the first touch pass, one day it's the wall pass, one day it's the over the overlap. Sorry, mm-hmm. they isolate everything. And I think what we do in APFC and it's the difference between the other uh, coaches, clubs, academies, wh- whatever you wanna call it, it's that we integrate everything in our drills. Uh, the rondo, the positional game, the SSP, all of them are drills that have a purpose. When we say purpose means uh, directionality, there is a goal, we have to go forward. Why forward? Because it's where the goal is. Uh, and then only with that concept, um, we are able to introduce a lot of concepts, meaning like uh, if we know that there is a goal, there is a purpose, uh, we're working on the right body profile, which is the body profile that is gonna uh, is gonna allow us to progress forward. The break the lines concept that is gonna help mm-hmm. us to progress to the last zone. The between the lines concept, the first touch concept, uh, how to look, uh, look the third line instead of the neighbor pass because it's the pass that is going to allow us to break more lines. Um, All of this that uh, looks like cognitive concepts of the ball are actually the concepts that are going to help us to have better technique because I've seen a lot of players that uh, when they do isolated training uh, by a private coach or by a, a team coach that is trying to introduce a concept not inside the rondo or not inside the positional game, the team or the player do it really good because without opposition, or without, without pressure, without directionality, mm-hmm. uh, without any purpose, the player can execute properly. Yeah. But then it doesn't happen in the game. Yeah. That's why I think that the rondo's positional game or our methodology works uh, because once the player is able to do it in our drills, they are able to translate that on the on the tra- on the on the game on the weekend, you know. And from listening to this, I think one of, one of the things I think we've we've come to realize that in the U.S. it has it has always been the other way around. It has been the isolated work was the rule, not the exception. Whereas in soccer, the best way to train players is to have as many game elements as possible, right? However, it doesn't mean that on your own you can't go you shouldn't go do some ball work or isolated cone work, but it shouldn't be the rule right. where this is what you resort to all the time. Right. And and, and for me too w- when it comes to like what Bernard's saying um and that, that's going to be one of my questions later on, right? The quality of player that we have in the US versus in Europe or in Spain, right? Um I I think that it does the repetition of some actions has some advantages when it comes to the lower levels, right? Like when you're beginning, uh, getting familiar, familiarizing yourself with the ball, when it comes to like my experience with players. Um, but definitely at the higher levels, there has to be decision-making. There has to be... Uh, I know. mean, uh, Adam, if you're training a player that you tell him or her, uh, move the right arm and they move the left leg, there is a problem. So then the isolated training... Makes sense, you know, if yeah. you have a player that is six years no, old, absolutely, that can uh, you're telling him to do an inside pass with the left and they mm-hmm. control the lo- the ball with the right leg with the outside, right? Okay, but 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 these are the 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 twenty percent of the players. But but the problem in the U.S. is that we have our top level players doing that. Doing yeah, yeah, that's it, 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 yeah, and that's yeah. like that's like the biggest thing for us is like you know I, I I see DA level players right or I see players that are playing ECNL which for you know DA 
no longer exists, right? But we're looking at our top youth players right now, That's and they're still doing like ball mastery, like cover skills. There's guys on Instagram, right? That that have a hundred thousand followers that it looks like a circus. You know, they're over here. They, they, they go through the hurdles. They go through the ladders, all completely terrible technique. Obviously that's why they do a thousand touches and then it, it looks good on Instagram. Right. And they get more followers. Parents think that that's the way because it's choreography. But you know, what's the problem of that? Because Tons it's funny problems. because I complain about uh, the Instagram thing. I always mm -hmm. tell to my players, are you an Instagram player? Or I say the same thing. Okay. I say the exact same uh, thing. Um, <laughs> and, but you know what's the problem? Um. That I complain about the juggling. I complain about these skills that they do. <laughs> but then they go to a tryout uh -huh. to, to make it for the next year. And guess what happened in the tryout? They get they picked up. They have to do these things. But, oh. but 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 and this okay. is and this and is the next like, point. Okay, my brother, he's a professional player, and he had the presentation with Girona this summer, and he had to juggle. He had to juggle, and he didn't know how to juggle. And he's no. a pro player. <laughs> it's like the belly. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. A little funny story, right? Because I have the players that come to me, right, and and they'll start juggling before practice, and they could, you know, I have a little eight-year-olds that can juggle a hundred times, two hundred times. I have a couple girls that can juggle uh, a mutual player of, of mine and Bernard's can juggle like a thousand times. Right. And, uh, but that tells me absolutely nothing about their first touch. Can you take a directional first touch away from pressure? Yeah. Can you, that, that tells me nothing. The fact that you can do a skill does not tell me that you can actually beat a player. Yeah. Um, and, and going back to it, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's just so interesting and it kind of goes back to what you said, Bernard. It's like, that's what they asked you to do. So there's a huge problem when it comes to like, coaching in the u.s yeah right because even nowadays right we're you know a, a local club that that we had uh that we have and we've worked with right at rebels we we adopted apfc and we're partnered with them and, and you guys are giving us methodologies right but in, and even then we're looking at what you guys have have taught the coaches and it's not necessarily being reinforced when it comes to the player let me ask you one question um usa there is a huge opportunity uh talking about money mm -hmm. okay uh, if you are a coach or private coach you can make a, a lot of money right um but our methodology in apfc only requires four cons in order to do a rondo mm. which it's funny because people hear the word rondo yeah and they don't know that there are uh, 45 concepts inside a rondo. absolutely okay yeah. it's people the, the three usual right yeah. back foot yeah open body profile and, and then that's move all. on your line those are the only three that yeah. like most coaches touch and, on and yeah. then people call it monk in the middle which i yeah. freak out but <laughs> uh, whatever uh, our methodology in apfc and uh, we do this on the trainings that uh, we we are happy to help players mm -hmm. by the way we are club friendly we just coach players from another clubs right that parents they don't understand our methodology because they see a rondo they see a positional game every sunday uh that's when we train and they see just four cons. Mm -hmm. They don't know that the last Sunday we work on the positional game of the play inside concept, which is the in and out. Right. And they don't know that two weeks ago we work on the ACB, what what people call it third man. Mm -hmm. Or they don't know that three weeks ago we work on playing outside through the back foot. We use the same positional game, but they don't know that we bring different concepts. Right, inside. absolutely. What parents perceive, mm -hmm. it's the cons. And here is where comes yeah. the opportunist people. 
mm. what yeah. I call mm. opportunism. Yeah. Because this Eric country, can I call him the, the salesman. Yeah. In this country, uh, we have to understand that it's a great country. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help, first of all, coaches, because as much coaches you can help, much more players you will be help. Absolutely, you yeah. will be uh, you you will be able to help. But here, what I feel is that parents don't understand anything. Right. Like if you do a rondo, a positional game, parents see four cones, mm -hmm. and they see that they don't see the concepts that are inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but if you are a private coach and you put one thousand cones and. <laughs> Every con has a different color. You have the mannequins. Okay. You have the goals with the, the little and, corners. And, and you do an isolated mm -hmm. yeah. drill where player is doing only one concept and parent is able, the dad or mom is able to understand what the coach is doing. Mm -hmm. Then the dad thinks, oh, mom, this right. coach is amazing. Yeah. So this country is good at the same time because has helped me to be here and run what I'm doing, APFC, yeah. at the same time is dangerous because we have so many trainers that are part of this circus. Mm -hmm. Well, they take advantage of they this. They take advantage of this. Yeah. And parents that, I'm so sorry to say this, uh, but Adam and Eric, if, um, do you have ever a debate with any doctor about some uh, medicine problems? No, right? Oh, because I have no knowledge about because it. Because you have no knowledge. Okay. Right. How yeah. many parents you had uh, or you had a debate with them about soccer? A lot. Oh, all the time. Okay. And people think that soccer is easy, but it's not. Okay. So that's the biggest problem mm -hmm. that we have here. That everyone is able to talk about soccer because they feel they understand. Right. But it's not. I mean, uh, um, Albert Puig, my business partner, he spent 30 years coaching the best players in the world. Uh, like now Messi is pro, now I'm so fat in the first team of Barca. Uh, and people still thinking that can argue or think or debate about Albert's ideas. Yeah. I mean, it's a science. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I agree completely. No. I think that's, again, a cultural thing when it comes to us, right? And we, we talked about the physica physical approach when it comes to thinking about soccer right because people are still looking at the way that football players do it what's his zero to 60 time how much can he bench press like you know what's his vertical like jump look like that's, right, my, so that's my question how you uh i don't know the word in exactly in english but how you can rate a decision exactly oh yeah yeah in, so, th so this is actually a question that that I, I that somebody asked uh, asked me to talk to you about right. So, uh, what do you so what success looks like for somebody else here might look different for somebody like you, right? So, like for instance, like in the U.S., right? We're we're so prone on winning, right? And in the U.S., we're the type to if you know if you have a if if you have a, like an overdeveloped you know twelve year old that's like you know six foot. Well, hey, guess what? He's we're gonna dominate that little league team, right? We're gonna dominate the pee wee football team, right? Versus in, in in soccer, you really want to to do the opposite, right? Where if you know, for instance, uh, I'm gonna use Coach Eric as an example, right? He had a on his team a very very good player that showed a lot of physical traits that was doing really really well because of the speed, right? Because of 
of what's going on biologically. So what he did was he actually took that away and said, okay, well, now I'm going to put you in a spot where you're going to have to face some challenges and you're going to have to solve these challenges and, and fix these problems versus just I'm going to just put you where you're going to succeed based on your biological attributes. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I would like to mention one thing that I, I, I love uh, about this country. Uh, that is, we look for uh, intelligent players. Mm. <laughs> that is funny, eh? because people here and scouters and coaches look for intelligent players, but they don't know what is a good decision and what is a bad decision. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and here people also talk a lot about the biologically thing, pl put players with same um, physicality mm -hmm. in order to they compete against each other and then you can see who has a cognitive advantage. And people here look for uh, smart players. I don't know yet a player that has born with good concepts, okay? I think if you want to create smart players, you need good teachers. Absolutely. Simple as this. I think there are not bad students in the world. There True. are bad teachers. True. Um, I'm not complaining about the USA coaches because one of the things I like about USA coaches is that they uh, want to learn the game. Uh, you know, we sell online courses and the 90% of the coaches that buy our online courses are Americans. So they this show to us that American people really want to, to learn the game. But I think that uh, still like a problem of, of, of knowledge, you yeah. know. Uh, as much information you know, that's going to be better because if you can give this information to the players, then the players will be able to make better decisions. If they make better decisions, they are better players. And we have to focus on that. So let me ask you, Bernard, which, which I, you know, I agree with you and, and I love PFC uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, right? I love the concepts that you guys are teaching. Uh, I love the way that you guys teach it. Um, I love how easily accessible it is for coaches. To be honest with you, uh, you know, if you're a coach and you're listening to this, even if you're a parent, to be honest with you, and you're a parent and you want to help your kid out, like I would recommend even taking a course. We started uh, giving our courses to parents last week. Good, amazing. Oh, good. So see, That's amazing. Because and, and I would highly, highly recommend it because the way that you guys break it down is fantastic when you guys really focus on the concepts versus just focusing on systems or focusing on blocks. Uh, again, me, I absolutely love it. I highly recommend it. Um, but going back to, you know, what you were saying about, you know, decision-making and, and knowledge, um, you know, and, 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 and I'll be that guy because uh, I, I don't mind. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind being that guy. Um, but I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. There's just so many coaches nowadays that are just so stuck in their ways and they're, they have their egos, right, where they think they're doing it right, whether because they've had success, because they had fast players, because they were just so happy to have given – gotten a good team right let's yeah. let's say uh you know eric hey eric you're my best friend i'm the director here here's the top team in my club right all right cool now they win the national championship well eric all of a sudden they think he's a good coach he might not be teaching uh, great concepts right uh but the success is starting to dictate what we assume as knowledge right yeah. which doesn't equate so when it comes to that i would absolutely agree that uh take apfc courses Right. Listen to the concepts that they're they're preaching and um, and try it. And 
the issue that I'm having with this, right, where you were talking about the coaches is is our culture, mm-hmm. right? Like the players that we have, and, and again, you can fill us in. I, I've been to Spain. Uh, Eric, you, you've been to Spain as well. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with coaches, you know, in Europe and, and, and everywhere else. But how do you compare, Bernat, the players that we have in the U.S. versus the players that there is in Spain? So simple. Um, first of all, in order to describe uh, and talk about what's the difference between them, it's important to, to explain to everyone what does the word compete means in youth uh, players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think youth players, uh, they have to compete against styles they have to compete with their style meaning like i'm going to try to win this game and the coach is going to try to win this game through the concepts we've learned the last months meaning the playing side the break the lines the thurman the back mm. foot the between the lines the numerical superiority in the first zone whatever but you compete with that you compete with that with this identity mm-hmm. Here, what I feel is that everyone wants to talk about these things, about these methodologies. Oh, yeah, our club works with APFC. Our club works with that. Our club's trying to learn the Belgium way, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when there is a half time and you are losing 1-0, uh, you know, let's win the game. Let's pass the ball to the striker. Our striker is... Uh, two meters I say meters but <laughs> <laughs> it's two meters uh, two meters is t- t- uh, taller than, than I think two meters is like 800 uh, feet and uh, two, two meters <laughs> is like Ron James uh, two meters uh, taller than than the other striker let's pass the ball to him and let's try to win the game and yeah. that's the truth the half time the, the coaches uh, and they try to cut corners here in this mm-hmm. country People love to talk about identities, identities, methodologies, ways to play. But in the right, in the in the true moment, mm-hmm. the moment where you have to compete, they don't compete with the concepts. They compete with the advantage they have in the field in that moment. And this advantage sometimes it's because one player grow up faster than the other. Yeah. So what in Spain we do really good, and I that's what I like about the Spain, is that every single academy they have an identity. And they try to compete through this identity. What does it mean, the word competing in, with this identity? That means that you're losing 1-0. Um, you don't start kicking the ball to the striker because it's taller than the center back. And you try, and you start looking for uh, header that ball and try to play the second action and try to win the game. You try to compete through the style. You try to compete through the concepts you're trying to implement to your players. Because here, nobody competes in this country. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone cuts corners. Uh, we have so many pro-coaches mentality coaching youth kids. We should have yeah. more teachers. Exactly. Uh, and in Spain, now it's funny because now I'm trying to explain or say that Spain they are doing good, but lately Spain has Spain has a problem that we have a, a lot of coaches that are learning the game, a lot of coaches that are becoming better, and they are becoming better tactically. And Spain, the problem that has lately is that 
Uh, we have too many Spanish coaches with pro mentality coaching kids. Too many like wannabe Pep Guardiola. Exactly, yeah. and that's the problem uh, because they don't let kids do mistakes. And when you don't let kids do mistakes, you don't work about creativity. So I love that you bring that up because we've, we've talked about how a lot of coaches abandon the philosophy the moment they're in trouble, right? So they can get the win. And this is also parents as well because parents have a, a they put a pressure to the coaches as well to, because to, they're all, they themselves are not educated into what development really looks like. And so now the coach has to try to find a way to get, get that win. And so now they, they're coming in and they're doing, and they're, I can't, we, I, w- I was saying it at one of our podcasts is the tacticians, right? Where you can have a, a coach that's coaching eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, and then they're strategizing so much to get the win that they're not really letting the players apply, use the game as their their moment to showcase what they've been learning over and over and over again. So a lot of coaches, the tacticians, quote-unquote, that's what they sell to the parents. So we, we talked about this earlier, actually. So they focus so much on the system versus the concepts. Yeah. Right? And going back to what I enjoy about APFC is that you guys put so much emphasis on the con- the concepts versus than just the system, right? Versus just like repeated motions like, all right, the ball goes, you know, to the outside back. Well, then if the ball goes to the outside back, then, you know, the 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 uh, the six has to move here, right? Or the 10 has to move here, the eight has to move here, right? And for me, that's that's a lot of the problems that I still see in the U.S., um, and, and, and again, I appreciate that you guys at IPFC and Bernard, that you guys really focus on the concept and really just focus on the, the cognitive side of decision-making versus just the bland, this is what we're doing. This is the system. This is the formation. This is what it has to look like. Uh, and again, for me, I really appreciate it. I think, um, the key for youth development, and I'm nobody to say this, but mm-hmm. it's what I have learned and, and what I've seen it's uh, uh, give enough uh, individual concepts to the players uh, understand the game. Mm-hmm. Those concepts help the players to uh, to play with good habits. Mm-hmm. And consequence of that, make good decisions uh, um, and compete with that. You know, don't compete w- or don't try to cut corners doing things that you just are gonna use for that game to win the game. Right. Uh, but at the same time, what what, what is super important. Uh, it's, and that's what APFC does because people think that APFC is just concepts. APFC also we encourage a lot of the creativity of the players, and we have to identify what a player does good for him or herself. Like for example, I'm gonna put an example. I'm not gonna say the club, uh, but I have a player. Uh, he's uh, American, French uh, nationality. Um, my opinion, he's the best 2009 player in the whole California. Uh, actually, Albert came here one year ago to, to, to show him. This player uh, has the best 1v1 I've seen in, in this country, uh, mm-hmm. this country in California or San Diego, whatever you want to call it. Okay, um, This player... Uh, does this because himself, okay? This player 
doesn't have a good 1v1 because someone has taught him uh, do the 1v1 like this. He has a talent. Mm-hmm. You know, he has an incredible quality that, that, that he was born with that. Mm-hmm. You know what he was the what was the problem that he had with his club? And I don't, I don't want to say the name of the club. The coach, the coach, a 2009 player, me, and this was two years ago, so this player was, I don't know, the number seven, uh, eight, nine years old. Uh, the coach was telling him, play simple. Play one touch. Don't lose the ball. How you can tell to a player that has the best 1v1 of the country, don't lose the ball, play simple, play one touch. It's like telling Messi to pass the ball, eh? Yeah. Messi is successful <laughs> because until he joined Barca, he tried 1,000 of 1v1s. And this player that was playing here in, in, in California, um, if he does the 1v1 good because himself, you still have to tell him, do mm. this every single day of your life. Until he turns turns 14, 15 years mm-hmm. old, then it's time to tell him when to do it and when not. That yeah. was Barca's job when Messi joined the club. Tell to Messi when it's time to dribble and when not. And this that seems simple was Barca uh, was uh, Barca job for the last uh, twelve years with Messi. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I'm trying to to, to say with this uh, idea, no, I, that I just mentioned is that concepts are important, but we also need to let players do the mistakes and try things and don't say the word take risks we were talking about uh, before mm-hmm. about that risk is a negative word mm-hmm. and when you say risk players think oh but one big one is a risk mm-hmm. you should tell them try 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 so first of all respect the player understand what is their identity as a player where they do good by himself or herself and encourage that if a player has a good one big one tell him do 1,000 times 1v1 in the game. Mm-hmm. Don't stop that. And then try to bring and give to him or her the individual concepts of the game. The back foot, the head up, the break yeah. the lines. But what I've seen here in this country is that people do not respect their identity. Mm. I've seen so many players good because they have talent that coaches try to tell them play simple, don't lose the ball, play one touch, because they look for the collectiveness than the individualism of the player. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to find someone that has a good 1v1. Yeah. It's that difficult. It's super difficult. Keep that. Like It's an incredible quality. And people think, oh, EPFC is one touch, two, cho- two touches. It's play simple. You will not hear the word one touch, two touches, or play simple in our trainings. It's impossible you hear that. If you hear that, let me know which coach say it. <laughs> that tomorrow is fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, they're on the spot now. <laughs> no, really. Um, all right, Bernard, let me let me ask you. So, right, so we're starting to talk about the individual aspects of the player, right? Um, especially nowadays with, with technology uh, being so accessible, even at the younger ages, right? Where, every, you know, you have fourth graders with phones right uh you know back back in my day i'm not that old i kind of sound like a grandpa now right <laughs> but uh, uh back during my time when i was like growing up right i mean if you look outside the streets were filled with kids playing right everyone's playing pickup soccer everyone's playing outside they're doing things that are you know just just active right pickup soccer 
Um, and, and now everyone has their PlayStation, everybody has their phones. You get most players in the U.S., uh, they, they spend more time on TikTok and Instagram than they do on the soccer fields. You know, I was, it's funny because I was writing an article mm-hmm. that I never post because I thought, you know, better mm-hmm. don't post these things. Uh, I was writing an article about why Fortnite is killing soccer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's, I think, uh, the social media, the now play. My brothers, they are, I have also two brothers that they are twins. They are 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And they want to be gamers, you know. <laughs> and and one of he, one of them, age uh, one, uh, he's an incredible goalie, but he wants to be gamer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember, you know, in Spain, what I like about this Spain is that we have a streets. Uh, I feel that USA is that big. It's big, and don't have that much population. So that means that, for example, in USA, a lot of people can live in houses. Uh, because the, the 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 I mean the 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 the, the country itself is huge, right? A lot of land, okay, a lot of land. Space. But in Spain, a lot of people live in apartments. So when there is like a field next to the neighborhood, mm. one thousand people show up because mm-hmm. there are a lot of apartments. And I love this culture. Uh, and what I did before, uh, when I was young, is like before I play PlayStation or whatever because I didn't have that. I remember go to the my neighbor's door and mm-hmm. try to tell him let's play soccer, and I think that the, the street soccer is super important. First of all, because you don't have coach. Mm-hmm. When you don't have coach, you can do mistakes that nobody corrects you. Mm-hmm. When you do mistakes and nobody corrects you, you try again, and you try again, and you try again. And by trying, trying, trying again without nobody correcting you, um, you improve. Simple yeah. as that. If you who that's what happened that's what happened in Spain today or nowadays. You fail a one, uh, you fail a one big one in Spain, coach kills you. You're dead. Okay? This player is not gonna try a one big one anymore. Okay? That's why the street soccer is so important. Because you can try as many one big ones, as many things you want that nobody corrects you. And that's why Brazil is so good. Then that was one of the topics, yeah. right? So, so I guess my question, like getting into it, right? So, in, let's say the average American player, right? The average American player that's not doing private training, because obviously private training is huge in the U.S. Uh, the average American player that's not doing private training is doing two practices a week, right? 1.5 hours mm-hmm. of practice. So, we're talking about three hours a week and, you know, a game. Let's just call it 40 minutes on average. Uh, if it's a 90-minute game... Let's just say, let's just be nice. And let's say they're spending about four hours a week playing soccer, right? The average, like, youth American player. But the problem is, is, is that, that enough? No, the problem is that in this country, there are so many trainings and not that much games. In order to, like Barcelona, La Masia, you know what they do? They don't train four times a week, like DA do. Mm-hmm. DA, I say DA because it used to be DA, now they call it MLS. It's the same. Okay, they just mm-hmm. change the names. Uh, um, they don't do four t- trainings per week. They do three, but they do two, two games per weekend, mm-hmm. not one. Here, I feel people train too much and don't play. Let me. I want to add to that because I feel that. No, I don't want to say I feel it because I see this. This is what I uh, and I'm sure Adam 
you can agree is that when we play, that's another part, that's, a, that's another uh, problem we run into is that because of the pressure of winning, you're no longer, the kids are not playing freely. I mean, you still want to follow, you know, what you learn, but coaches are so, how can I say, they're, 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 they're how can I say, with their tactics and all that, they're not really letting the kids play. So not only do they get one game a week and not playing enough, they have to go to a game and then they're still confined within what they're supposed to do so that the team can get a goal and, and win. You know what I'm saying? So not only do they have, don't play that much, when they do play, they're still limited. You know what I'm saying? So that's another obstacle for our players that they have to go through. I think this country is super competitive in all the ways, not only in soccer or, or the sports, business. It's uh, an individualist country. That, that's why you also are the one of the best country in the world because you are super competitive. But this has good things and bad things, you know? Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, some parents, no, that... that, that, that some of them they are friends of mine and they bring their kids to our program at APFC uh, they, they're mad because they don't win the weekend you know mm-hmm. and too much pressure of the winning and nobody talks about the content mm-hmm. there is yeah. no content mm-hmm. there is no content well said okay everything is the, the competition and also in, in Barcelona they do one game of like a league game the weekend but they also have a friendly game uh, if you ask me why they do that, just to have more numbers of hours of game at the end. Right. Like, let me put an example. I never played tennis in my life. I started playing tennis three weeks ago. And I improve a lot. No, really. I play like seven games with my roommate, eh? Alex, a friend of mine. He also <laughs> coached in APFC. He played in third division in Spain. Uh, you met Alex there. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't hire any coach. And we improve a lot. How is this possible? Because it's the hours of hours of playing games. And I think this seems stupid. And it's what Albert always says, my business partner, Albert Puig, that, okay, positional games, Rondo, small um, SSPs are important and are really good for the player development. But how the players improve more is with the small-sided games. You want to improve a sport, play the game. Real play quick, Bernard, can we, can, we, can we talk about SSPs? Because uh, that was a, a, a big thing. Uh, I've posted a lot about SSPs, right, or uh, PSS, as other uh, clubs call them. Um, and that was a, a big topic for contention when it comes to a lot of people. People want to know what it is, uh, why they're important. Because, obviously, a lot of clubs, a lot of coaches in the U.S., they don't use SSPs. Uh, so, so what is it? Okay, I don't know, Adam, if your audience is our parents or our coaches, but I'm going to get a little bit uh, specific. Get into uh, it. And, techni- and tactical, maybe. I think both have to hear it, to be honest yes. with you. I think, I think parents have to have an understanding of what goes on mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S., and coaches obviously have to have it, like as you said, because we want teachers. Okay, so SSPs are preferential uh, simulation situations, okay, Um the end this is just a name mm-hmm. but in order to understand an SSP it's important to understand the training structure when we do a training session we usually try, uh, start with rondos rondos helps 
us to apply the habits. Mm-hmm. Habits means individual concepts that a player should uh, understand, which could be the head up, back right. foot, body profile, break the line. Concepts that a player should do every single day. Right, and over, and again, for the, for our audience, right, over 40 concepts oh, yeah. can be instilled within the rondo, right? The, uh, uh, rondo is not just a warm-up drill. It's not just keep away. There are actual concepts that can be instilled within the rondo. Had to make that clear because, yeah. again, exactly. some people think it's Rondo warm. is not a warm-up at all. Okay, you want to do a warm-up, do it before the rondo and take the rondo as a serious drill mm-hmm. because if you do a rondo as a warm-up, that means that you don't know what is a rondo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then we have the positional game. That's mm-hmm. the second part of the training session. The positional game helps us to understand the collective and mm-hmm. the in universal concepts. An example, as you know, is the Thurman concept, which is play with the third line to connect with the second line. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many concepts in the positional game as well. And at the end, uh, before the small-sided games, we have the SSPs. SSPs are a progression of the rondo and the positional game. SSPs, in another words, is a positional game because you put the players in real positions, but you divide the feeling zones. Uh, it could be first, second, third zone. could be second, mm-hmm. third zone. could be first and second zone. Mm-hmm. At least... Uh, two zones. So the SSP basically uh, it's a positional game with different zones, and as you know, uh, all the drills should have a purpose, which which is as which is go forward, because at the end the game has a directionality. Uh, the SSP uh, has a difference between the positional games. That is that SSP is finished with a goal. Okay, SSPs you have to score on the goal. So in the SSPs, what you do is how to progress to the next zone by using the concept of the day, which could be the back foot, which could be the break the lines, which could be uh, the head up, which could be the between the lines, whatever concept you're working on that day. So you use the concept of the day to teach to the players how to progress through this concept because basically all the concepts we use in APFC are to progress. Mm-hmm. Like the head up, why the head up? To bring the ball forward to score a goal. Why the back foot? Because the back foot is the farthest leg from uh, where the ball is coming from. In other words, the farthest leg from where the pressure is coming or the closest leg to the goal where we want to score mm-hmm. the goal that helps us to progress forward. Right, gives continuity. 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 Mm-hmm. Why they break the lines? Because help us to go forward. Why are they between the lines? Because help us to go forward. It's a progression. Always, always all the courses we do in soccer is to go forward, Okay. So basically, the SSPs is uh, how to implement this individual concept. Plus, plus, you bring a tactical concept, which, in other words, it's a collective concept, which could mean like, okay, my goal is uh, use the universal concept, individual, break the lines to progress to the next mm-hmm. zone, but tactically. I want to progress to the outside channels because it's where I'm gonna find the advantage mm-hmm. on the weekend. Right. So in the SSP, you create a scenario where you want to the players understand the universal concepts they are learning and how to use them on a real game situation. And at the end, what they have to do is solve the the. It's like a game zones. Every zone has a different situation. Right. And they have to solve that advantage, that superiority, 
because the idea of this species bring your initial superiority in the first zone in the consecutive in the next zone and with that uh, superiority and the concept of the day plus the idea tactically you have as a coach which could be the progress to the outside channels uh, score a goal okay that's what an SSP why SSPs are so important because if a player understands the SSP because they play in the real positions they apply the concept individually they understand the collectiveness of the game and what you're asking for to do on the game once they execute well the SSPs then you play good a soccer game it, it gives more concept right or sorry not not concept it gives more context right to the to the the the, the concepts exactly and they are forced to at the same time they execute a technical action they are forced to make a decision okay and going to to the point no uh, that we were talking before what is technique the technique at the end it's being able to execute properly by making the right decision that's why we don't like isolate drills right yeah, that was a that's the question that Eric had during the the break, and I think it was a good question. Yeah, and, and I hope for for the listeners, they are getting the understanding the difference again between technique and how also when you use isolated work as the rule and not the exception, how that really impacts a, a player long term and and takes away from the from the true growth of the game. Um, but isolated work can be an exception right. still. And Bernard, you, you mentioned one word that I, I keyed in on, um, obviously working at the, uh, at the Escola, right, in San Diego, and, and, and being familiar with the, the Barca methodology. Um, it's something that they do over there in Spain, and it's something that you guys do as well with APFC. Uh, the key word that you mentioned was uh, solve, right? So they solve problems. Um, and, and I think that's something that I guess I kind of want to talk on. Uh, because a lot of coaches and and you said it, <laughs> you know, you, you said exactly what, it, what we tend to say, right? They do the, uh, the 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 PlayStation coaching, right? They do the the, the controller, the joystick coaching. Um, one of the issues again in the U.S., it's they tell the players what to do, they don't tell the players how to do it, or they don't tell the players why to do it, right? Uh, and and again, you you said solve, right? But so they 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 taught us to to use the guided discovery method, exactly. Right to propose a problem and guide them to the answers. What do you guys do at APFC that's similar? What do you see different that you guys do versus the U.S.? Yeah, so at APFC, basically, uh, we break down all the sessions and all the drills uh, on about the concept of the day, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, there is uh, a progression in every single drill uh, where all the players have to solve every single one uh, with the concept mm -hmm. that they have to learn for that day. Okay. So co coaches uh, in at APFC, we always uh, told them, we always tell them to give to the players the five, the first five ten minutes of the drill. Actually, the first five. Right. Freedom. Like let's we, we like the to the drills be a mess at the beginning. Yeah, we right. want to the players like struggle. We want to the players like, oh. Well, you want to see what they're doing. Exactly. We want to see, like if we tell to the players, uh, the ball is in zone one, let's bring it to zone three. And these are the rules. Mm -hmm. Let's see how they do it. Okay. And 
And if they are not able to do it, it's basically because they don't have the information to do it. Right. That's what I was saying before. Uh, in order to have intelligent players, you need uh, coaches to bring good information to the players. If Absolutely. not, how they can make good decisions. So after five uh, minutes of not being successful is when you, as a coach, you stop the practice and you tell them, okay, what we can do better to bring this ball to that zone? Okay, which individual concept? Oh, the head up, the break the line, the back foot. Right. Okay, and also which collective concept? Oh, the play inside to find the outside, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, and then you do like a kind of feedback, you explain them, and then they do it properly. So what you uh, get as a coach is that your players, they saw the wrong way to do it, and then when you stop, they see the right way to it to do it. And guess what happened? They keep the right one. Mm -hmm. Okay? And this is fantastic. Uh, me as a coach, what I like to do, it's always correct mm -hmm. during their practice and I only stop when I see that they are not reaching the goal. Right. Where they are not able to figure out what's the solution. But that's why I always tell to my coaches, give time to them do mistakes because mistakes are important. I think players, it's important to to like to get frustrated, you know, that to see, oh, I'm struggling. I don't know how to solve. I don't know how to do this drill. And then you stop the practice and you explain the concept. Oh, now it makes sense. Right. So that's what we do. That's what we do in APFC. That's how we understand uh, how we should teach to the players the concepts. We will not start a practice ever since the minute one telling them do this, do that. Because in order to a player believe you, he has to experiment for himself or herself. Experience. Experience. Uh, that's that's how I am. For example, I remember when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a guy, um, a teacher or whatever, or my mom or my dad told me, do this. I never did that. I always had to do it my way. And when I saw that it was not successful. Now, now tell me. Now tell me. So that's what we do to the players. Do it your way. Mm. Oh, it's not successful. Okay, no problem. That's how. That's the way to do it. Then they experiment it and they get the goal. Oh, they believe you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because there's always again, if you if and I've seen it too. Because there's times, well, obviously, as a coach, I'm guilty of wanting to fix things right away, right? And for me, part of it's like, especially when it comes down to private training, right? And and. Um, for, and for me, I, I want to make sure that the parents and the players are getting every single dollar out of every minute that they're that they're there. So for me, it's like, oh, I want to correct you right away, right? Because if I let you go, that's just time that I could have corrected. So I have to fight within that when it comes to private training. But when it comes to actually training teams, um, you know, I have struggled with trying to stop it too early, right? And Eric and I did, uh, we, we've been doing some sessions together. But, and we let them go a little bit, right? Yeah. But there's like times where we we, we we might not do the five minutes, but we'll do like two and a half minutes because yeah. <laughs> it was that bad. Was like, I don't know. <laughs> but but we do we do get to that point where it's like you know we have to make the corrections, and I think one of the the key points that you said there is is making the corrections and and, and working on those concepts. And I think in the U.S. there's not enough corrections, right? Coaches are really focused on the actual drill versus the actual concepts. Coaches uh, here copy drills. Mm -hmm. They don't base the drill in the concept. They base they base the drill on the goal. Mm -hmm. 
for example, if the goal is get the ball to that zone, they will just focus on get the ball on that zone. Mm-hmm. And I think what makes uh, the difference is those coaches that are able to correct the individual details, mm-hmm. which means like uh, what as individual we could do better to bring the ball there. In other words, um, sometimes the best way to play collectively well is to everyone individually know the concepts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So many people think, oh, we want to play good collectively. Oh, let's teach the system. Let's teach the game model. Let's teach that. No. Mm-hmm. Like, again, all my teams, no? when we play friendly games because we don't compete or when we go to Spain, we build up incredible. And coaches came to me. Oh, what did you tell them? Uh, when there is three strikers, you put four on the back. When there are two strikers, you put three in the back. Like, how you explain to them? It's the no. universal concepts. I mean, we don't talk about this. We just, they do that because it's a consequence of the, the individual mm-hmm. concepts. And I think that's that's the key. Right. That's what difference a good coach versus a really really good coach you know and and we should focus more on on those individuals absolutely Uh, that's what makes a drill good uh than than just do the drill because the drill has a goal itself right you know drills with goals on Google, you can find thousands absolutely and and just to know i think when when everybody saw pep guardiola's barcelona we all saw the superficial part, but no, a lot of people didn't realize how much individual quality and, and, uh, and the players themselves were bringing to that success. Like it was there, all the players knowing all these concepts and all, doing all those individual um, um, details. details that made it work the way it did, right? So quick. And, uh, you know, to, to wrap it up, Bernard, let me ask you, so what can coaches do Right. What can U.S. coaches do to begin to improve the game in the U.S.? First of all, get obsessed with individual concepts and not the systems. For example, let me put on a quick example. Well, a friend of mine that he's coaching here, a uh, soccer team in, in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, told me, hey, Bernard, let me, like, let me ask you how I, you can help me to prepare the weekly sessions uh, because I, I would like to work on... The fullbacks inside. I say, why the fullbacks inside? Because Guardiola attacks like oh, this. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Okay. He the Guardiola attacks like this. I want to plan the whole week how to attack with the fullbacks inside. Mm-hmm. Say, dude, uh, how you want to work on the fullbacks inside if your players are not being able to have a good body profile, have a good head up, have a good back foot, have a good first touch. Mm-hmm. So first of all, don't get obsessed about what the pro coaches are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Get obsessed about the individuals. Mm-hmm. Individuals, 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 individuals. Meaning concepts that player can do because himself. Right. Not because a system, not because a collective action, because a player. I love that. That's great. Individual. Okay? Uh, consequence of that, having more teachers than coaches. Okay? We need more teachers than pro mentality coaches coaching youth kids okay that's what we we have to do that this with the coaches i think will be my advice we have so many coaches copying models of pro teams mm-hmm. and, and get more educated too right i mean i would highly recommend again eric and i we're taking a 
a course with some other some other uh, trainers. Uh, we're we're also on top of that. Uh, we've we've obviously been with APFC. We've done your guys' courses. Um, again, my my recommendation to coaches get more educated right like think outside the box not just what we've been so used to but get yeah. educated with the right people absolutely right? So Albert mm-hmm. Butch, he spent 30 years of his life only with kids he's coaching his first pro team this year mm-hmm. after 30 years so he really cares about the individuals mm-hmm. you know uh, i know you're taking other courses uh but those courses are people coaches that also coach with coach kids or work in youth academies right, so that's, that's great yeah but don't take courses about uh, <laughs> how to develop the 433 yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah no no okay. that's a, no that's a great oh. point that's a great point yeah. Yeah. this this don't have, this is good for the fifa for mm-hmm. the playstation no? right okay. uh, absolutely <laughs> but, but but not to to coach the kids okay that's the first thing so and uh and what could because again at the end of the day when it comes to the u.s because we have a pay-to-play system right where you have to pay in order to be part of the team, right? Uh, versus in the other, you know, around the world where you you get spots based on merit, right? In the U.S., money rules, capitalism rules. We have pay to play. Uh, so, what can parents start doing to educate themselves? Well, first of all, uh, uh, I remember uh, Albert. Uh, Rare Pooch, he always uh, put an example that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, there was a player that played in the under 18 of Barcelona. Uh, his name is uh, God, Godswill, mm-hmm. right back. Was a great player. I don't know where he's playing now. Maybe in Belgium, first division, something like this. And his dad came to him, to Albert. Hey, Albert, how I can help my kid? The kid was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't understand anything about soccer. How I can help him? Mm-hmm. He's in Barca now. Please teach me something. Mm-hmm. And Albert told him, that's exactly what I need to you help your kid. Do not know soccer and don't try to know soccer. The day you think... The day you think you know soccer or the day you try to teach or help your son you're gonna destroy his career yeah okay so to the parents i'm gonna my advice is don't help them <laughs> don't help your kids <laughs> because you have no idea about uh, the game and that's so, i'm so sorry but no, no it, but it's so true it's though it's true yeah. and, and i do want to bring something into contrast because this is I, I feel like that also makes a lot of sense because number one also a lot of these, a lot of our parents, they, they they didn't grow up playing the game, and they don't know the game as much, right? They don't they they don't get it, right? But also, what about this? What about the idea that uh, also what because not all the coaches are Albert Pooch. What about the parents that that are trying to help their kid, and they might see that their the coach is kind of like a flop, man. Like maybe that coach is not getting it because we get that a lot too. Well, going back to like what I was saying, right? Where like a lot of parents, they want to try to help the kids, right? So they'll put them in football training because they think it's going to help. Yeah. Right. Or, or let's say that the ones in, 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 for me, this is like a big deal, right? With, when it comes to like the private training, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, the parents that don't know anything about soccer, but they want to help the kids and you say, Hey, there's, you know, my kid isn't that good and I want them to be better. So I saw this guy on Instagram. He has a lot of followers. It looks good, 
<laughs> I, I'm going to pay a hundred dollars an hour for them to do a bunch of quote unquote ball mastery drills. Or I see the parents too, that like kind of pimp their kids out and they want to just have them with a bunch of private trainers yeah. just to get a little bit of everything. Cause they don't know what's actually good. Okay. It's, it's the reason we bring this up is because we, we, we have, you know how you mentioned there's a lot of people that might take advantage of those gray areas of the people, you know, this, because a lot of people don't know much about this, the game. So the parent, maybe what, like if he didn't know any better, he might be taken to a coach who may not be a very good coach. And they're thinking, oh, this guy's good. but Because they, they have a lot of cones. Yeah. They have a lot of equipment. But, but if they educated themselves a little bit more, maybe they realize like, hey, this is not, this is not really the quality training that, they, that, that they're saying they're getting. You know what I mean? Like um, in one aspect, I see what like with um, – the example you gave, you gave, um, you have Albert Pooge. I mean, I mean, which, whose quality as a coach is incredible, right? But over here, there's some there's some parents and some coaches that might take advantage of some situations, and so the parents don't know, don't know any better, and so they think they're actually getting good coaching, but in reality, it's not good coaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. So, what do you think about that situation? What would you recommend? Because I I think. You are like like with a situation like that where you have an experienced coach, a really educated coach, knowledgeable coach, hands off, man. Let let them do their job, right? But what about what would do you have any recommendations or advice for the parents that are on the other uh, other end? That's that's why we have to. People always talk here about uh, educating the parents, right? Uh, How you can educate the parents if their kids are being trained by by coaches? I'm sorry, but. It's like this. Yeah. You know? No, it is. Uh, how many parents, coaches are in this country? It's incredible. Yeah. Tons. Oh, yeah. Tons. I've never seen this in my life. I will not, you will not ever, you will not ever see in Spain uh, that coach. Mm-hmm. You know, here, that coaches, you can find them under the, the rocks, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, 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 everywhere. So, uh, first of all, in order to, to, to give less protagonism to the parents to decide who's a bad coach and who is not, uh, you need to help and try to increase the level of coaches. Okay? Yeah. Then, what are coaches doing here to look better? Uh, like, I'm gonna put a quick example. This is the first example that came to my mind. When I was a kid, I was like a really kid. Uh, I, I remember my, my parents, you know, you, things that happened, they got divorced, right? Uh, and I went to a psychologist, like I'm sure everyone in the world went to the psychologist once in mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I remember two of them. The first one smells really good, lay place. The decoration, mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, the, I remember the lady, the, she was wearing a like, nice style, the location good, okay? And the second one uh, that I went to, the one I liked the most, a guy, it smells bad, <laughs> okay? No, really. Yeah. The location bad, uh, no decoration at all, okay? But the content, oh my gosh. Yeah. Incredible. Right. Okay, Incre- the guy that helped me more in my life, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Soccer is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. What yeah. people is trying to do to protect themselves? Cons, 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 yeah. cons, followers, yeah. Instagram, yeah. colors, uh, because that's the easy way to parents can see 
oh, you're good. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. followers, you're good. Okay, I always say the same. Uh, I'm not really into the uh, followers wall. Mm-hmm. No, and, and you shouldn't, to be honest with yeah. you. But if APFC had a r- good marketing, no, meaning like the ones that are selling a smoke, right. yeah. Uh, now I will not be in that postcard. Maybe I will be talking for CNN. You know, well, well, <laughs> no, you know what, and, that, and that's a good point because there's a lot of coaches that you know you, you watch them and they have they spend more time on their phone recording than they do actually coaching oh, right <laughs> when it comes to private <laughs> yeah it's incredible so but it's all about appearance and marketing you know so parents first of all uh, yeah of course uh, instagram is a good way to find uh, i'm not gonna lie to you i also recruit some players women recruit uh, some people contact us through instagram absolutely okay yeah. it's, a, it's a nice uh, platform that you can use to get people uh, and get players but not only look at the instagram like try to know the background of the coach uh, you don't i mean you don't need like i i didn't win any any champions league when you world cup you know yeah uh, but at least know the background like the word of mouth in this country it's important yeah word, i think word of mouth is yeah. probably yeah. the b- worth more than Instagram yeah. followers, which you can buy. All my, exactly. all my players, all the players we have are word of mouth, most of them, and right. that's that's good. But again, it, it, it's try to to try to more than analyze the Instagram and analyze the coach. Try to see your kid. Does your kid play better after one month? Does your kid play worse? That's the easy way to see. But you know, I think that's a key point. Do do they play right? Not do they perform the drills yeah. better? Because when it comes to to private training again, yeah. and, and I'm in, and I'm going to repeat it, and I've repeated it a lot. I'm huge because again, the way that I private train is different than yeah. your quote unquote new private trainers, right? The new private trainers that repeat actions a thousand times, they do the same like footwork patterns, and guess what? You do that enough times, you're going to look really good at yeah. doing that. Incredible. Yeah. But how does that does that translate onto the field? Well, See no, because there's no decision making being made. Mm-hmm. There, there's no external uh, factors. I've seen a, a lot of parents telling me, oh, we're not. Because we, I, we don't do that much private trainings. We just mm-hmm. coach groups. Uh, oh, we're not. I had this private coach uh, that my kid has a lot of confidence with mm-hmm. him or with her. Uh, she or he does really good with him. Uh, she's training really good with him, but then the games, I don't know what happened. Can you teach mm-hmm. the game? No, it's not that he's she or she or he's doing really good with him. Is that uh, maybe your private coach is doing drills that are super? I call it analytical, meaning like there are no decision making. That is one thousand times the, f- the same the same move after doing mm-hmm. one thousand times the same move. We, we call it a choreography, choreography, right? It's the same repeated for rehearsed for sure. movement. And I always tell to to all the parents, um, you want your kid to improve the game? Okay, bring it to the APFC because if they start understanding what happens in a rondo, on a positional game, on a SSP, it will happen after in the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? But the main problem the parents find or have is with the private coach looks amazing, the player has an incredible quality with the coach, and then you go to the game, Oh no, because only my son or daughter performs with the private coach because has more confidence. Right. Come on. <laughs> right. Or or they're measuring right where you have coaches that are 
uh, if you if you finish his drill right, like, we're gonna time you. Like hey, yeah. you finish his drill faster, you're mm-hmm. improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily you're improving at doing that drill. You're yeah. not improving in the context of the actual game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, always an interesting uh, yeah conversation with people, man. Yep. Yeah, but but again, the, the the reason why I bring it up, obviously, Bernard, it's going back to the main topic of today, right? Is the uh, the culture that we have in the U.S. Uh, the way that you know Americans tend to look at at soccer, and and we just brush the surface. Uh, ho- you know, hopefully, Bernard, you'll come on, and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about other things, right? What we want to talk about, like our about college. You know, what is why do we focus on college soccer in the U.S. versus you know? I mean, so I mean, realistically, this is a very uh, we're touching on the youth soccer all right side and uh this isn't generalized uh when it comes to like every single little aspect um but uh, again things that we have to discuss right and in immediate action that needs to be taken from coaches from parents and uh and from players but um but it's been really really good to hear your feedback on yeah. some of the stuff that we've talked about today very detailed and i, I believe whether you're a coach or a parent or a player like there was a lot of a lot of good knowledge that you know uh, Bernat was able to drop right now, and so well, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure uh, for me being here with you, people that I consider friends. So, uh, and I especially like like Eric. You are like a coach that for people that don't know him, uh, I love Eric because uh, he's one of the few coaches that have a mentality of. A teacher than a pro coach. Yeah, I know he's uh. In, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're we're gonna fluff you up a little bit right Maybe now, but uh, he's a uh, he, he's a scholar of the game, right? He's he's obsessed yeah. of the individual concepts. I I play mm-hmm. against him. I coach with him. He also is part of APSC when we have the trainings, mm-hmm. and he's obsessed of the players understand the details more than the game model and the system. So we need more more Eric's, and also Adam. That uh, I think you had a great idea with this project. Um, because I think you're, I mean, you you coach a lot of kids, uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, you're trying to help them, but it's not enough. I think that you came with the idea to do this kind of podcast to reach parents, to reach coaches. Maybe one coach, reach one coach means reach 10 kids. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a good platform to spread your your uh, ideas about soccer and, and the reason we, we are now in the same table, I think it's the same, that it's trying to change the soccer in the States, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. again, that's the whole idea of the podcast, right? Yeah. It's that we want to, uh, we want to inform, we want to educate, uh, we want to bring experiences uh, on top of just being entertainment, right? We, we really want to change, you know, how things are. And, and again, we yeah. appreciate you being here and APFC is doing very very good things i highly recommend that uh coaches take the courses um you know even player students of the game uh they they they, they take your guys's classes I highly highly recommend what you guys are doing i love the concepts that you guys teach i love the way that you guys teach them the simplicity mm-hmm. uh i mean it's 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 fantastic i highly recommend it for everybody and and, and, and but not just to say like for being in the u.s I mean, this this was all gold nuggets, man. Like when you guys created this methodology and put it together, uh, it's really helped all of us who are students of the game have a better sense of direction of, you know, what soccer is and how you know we should teach the kids and 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 
and help them, you know, raise the bar, you know. And I think together, all of us, and I love that you say sometimes is, you know, we'll change the game together, you know. Exactly. Uh, it's funny we have talked a lot about uh, players today and training, uh, but one of the main ideas and, and originally what was the main idea of APFC was have courses, online courses and presential courses and seminars in order to help coaches. Our main idea was to help coaches because, as I mentioned before, uh, you, when you help one coach, you help 20 players. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, and and our main idea was to change the game here, try to to help coaches that we also, as IPFC, we have some partnerships with some uh, soccer academies that we provide to them uh, the methodology uh, in order to to help the players at the end. And now, consequence of growing up, because at the end, uh, you try to grow up as well, we also train kids. Right. Uh, but we don't have any soccer club. We just train kids from other clubs. We're club-friendly, as I said. But the main reason and how APFC born was to help uh, the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, So yeah. it's a pleasure, uh, guys, trying to, to help you, to, to share uh, the knowledge. Uh, and, and I hope one day uh, we will be here again and celebrating uh, United States uh, winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. We do too, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> so, uh, Bernard, wh- where can we find you guys on social media? Social media uh, on Instagram, I guess it's APFC Soccer. Yeah, APFC Soccer. And then on, on Twitter, I guess it's APFC Courses also APFC soccer uh, because in Twitter you have like two names so Absolutely, both okay. of them works and in Facebook is APFC code because our original name was APFC code code in Spanish is Código yeah. uh, mm-hmm. we w- wanted to share to everyone that we had the special code of soccer Código but then we found out that the, u- the, the word code uh, is not that the same meaning of código in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. We, yeah. we we change it for uh, the C now is not code anymore. It's concepts. It's concepts. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I like both, to be honest yeah, with you. I think, yeah. I think the, the code had something really intriguing about it. You're yeah. like, oh, they, they have the code for this? Uh-huh. Interesting, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Eric, where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on Coach de la Rocha on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's that's my my main coaching page. Perfect. You can find me on uh, on Instagram Adam Ten Gonzalez, and obviously uh, make sure you follow at Soccer Survival Guide on Instagram, and uh, you can find us on all platforms. And uh, guys, thanks for joining. Thank you, Bernard. Uh, thank you, Eric and Adam. Pleasure. So, guys, you've been listening to the Soccer Survival Guide. I've been your host, Adam Gonzalez, signing up.